Hello, and welcome to the Emotional Expedition Podcast. I'm Meg Thomas, and if you want to live a more open-hearted, magical life, it all starts with your emotions. This podcast will take you on a journey, helping you to better understand, express, release, and heal your emotions. Let's get exploring. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Podcasting has come to be a lot of work, or at least the way I am doing it is. But what keeps me going is getting messages from you. It's knowing that it's making a difference, that it's making an impact. Maybe it's helping you shift your perspective and understand your emotions in a new way. Maybe it's helping you more easily find the language to share your emotions with your loved ones. Maybe it's just helping you understand what it is you're feeling for the first time in your life. These are all of the things it has done for me, and I hope it does for you too. So if you love this podcast, then I'm going to ask you for help today. The biggest way you can help me with growing this podcast is by sharing it with someone you love And by leaving a review in Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I thank you in advance. So let's get on to this week's emotions. This episode has really surprised me. You are not going to want to miss this one. So I would listen all the way to the end because it's powerful. I sat down to create this episode last week. And I thought, "Mm, this is going to be a quick and easy one since awe and wonder only take up about two pages in Atlas of the Heart. But of course, I went on to continue my research and I fell in love with a new book that just came out in January about awe from Dacher Keltner. And so (laughs) for so much that this is the only the second time this has ever happened in 38 episodes that I published this episode a week late so I could give myself more time to fully read his book and come to understand awe in a totally new way. And I also asked you for help. So I put out a question on my Facebook page asking what were moments of awe from you. And I received so many incredible responses and I just can't wait to share them with you. I believe this is one of the most important emotions we experience and it really can change your life. So get ready to be in awe of awe itself. So of course, we'll always start with Atlas of the Heart from Brene Brown. So both awe and wonder are often experienced in response to nature, art, music, spiritual experiences, or ideas. They are both emotions and they are essential to the human experience. And in the midst of these moments, we can feel overwhelmed by the vastness of something that is almost incomprehensible. It almost feels like what we're witnessing can't be true. Like we're seeing something that doesn't fit with how we move through and understand our daily lives. That's what awe and wonder are. Even seeing things we may fail to notice on a regular basis, like a starry sky or a butterfly in the garden can stop us in our tracks on occasion. And both awe-inspiring events and experiences that leave us filled with wonder often make us feel small compared to our expansive universe, small but connected to each other in the largeness of itself. And Brene goes on to say that we often use awe and wonder interchangeably, 
which makes sense because as you see, the experiences share a lot in common, but there is a primary difference between our experiences of these incredible emotions that's worth understanding. This is from Alice of the Heart as well. Ulrich Weger and Johannes Wagman explain, wonder inspires the wish to understand. And awe inspires the wish to let shine, acknowledge, and unite. So we'll go a little deeper into this so you can see the differences because it still gets a little murky in there. So wonder fuels our passion for exploration and learning for curiosity and adventure. So there's this great comic in Atlas of the Heart. And for wonder, it's showing this girl with a butterfly landing on her hand and she feels a sense of wonder as she's connected with this butterfly. And then in the last frame, she's shown reading a book called The Complete Guide to Caterpillars and Butterflies. So this right here is the distinct difference between awe and wonder. Wonder makes us curious and wanting to learn more. So wonder makes us want to read, learn more, figure it out. And researchers have found that awe can lead people to cooperate, share resources, and sacrifice for others. It causes them to fully appreciate the value of others and see themselves more accurately, evoking humility. So awe, when we're feeling awe, we tend to simply stand back and observe to provide a stage for the phenomenon to shine. So in the book, how this shows up in the comic is there's a boy staring at the sky and it's just full of beautiful stars and he is just in awe. And then in the last frame, it shows other people around him looking up in awe as well. So it can lead people to connect, to cooperate, but it doesn't bring on that curiosity like wonder does to read all about stars. Some researchers even believe that awe-inducing events may be one of the fastest and most powerful methods of personal change and growth. And it can happen in a simple moment too, just like staring at your child or your dog. In preparation for this episode, I put out this post on my Facebook page to see what moments of awe you all have. And I was so delighted with the response. And many of you sent me pictures of the moments or even videos. So thank you for that. And I just want to share all of these really beautiful awe moments so you can start to collect what might be awe for you. Two little boys, cousins who don't see each other very often and still have such an amazing connection. The golden hour shining down on two young siblings playing at the beach, an expression of life cycles. When the students you teach have that feeling of excitement for learning something new and you get to witness their confidence growing because of it. When the students you teach are kind to one another or a student in another class shows empathy. Just seeing that they're learning way more than just the curriculum puts a smile on your face. I love this one as a photographer. When the sun is sparkling just right, backlighting the leaves. The way being near water makes you feel. How the touch of a loved one can immediately relieve tension. Watching your kids create from within. Watching your kids conquer something physically. 
the burst of beautiful colors at sunrise, and then they're gone just as fast. The Fjordland National Park in New Zealand and realizing just how small you are in the world. This one had a great picture on my Facebook page. So if you want to check that out. Waking up each morning grateful and in awe of how blessed you are. Really living here on this earth, here and now, being a part of the present moment. The spring peepers bringing me back home and comfort of safety in cycles of all things. My mom and I heard this for the first time on Saturday night after the warm day, and we both got positively giddy with happiness. I went to the window and opened it to listen, even though the wind was howling, and I sighed with relief, relaxation, and love. It was such a visceral reaction. I was in awe. Every sunrise and sunset, the bookends of the day, just incredible how much beauty we are surrounded by daily. The first time you or your child experiences the ocean, the raw, open, natural beauty that is so big and so vibrant, that place on earth where there's no signs of humans for as far as the eye can see. Watching your boys play in the ocean, fully clothed, with no cares, just the waves coming and going. Anytime you see a bald eagle. In Hawaii, snorkeling, wandering off, and finding yourself surrounded by sea turtles. Every day, the pre-dawn, and that somehow it is light. It never ceases to amaze me with this daily miracle. Seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time. Looking back on your life and seeing that you have always been taken care of. Paddling a canoe in the Adirondacks and seeing loon families or pairs on the water on a brilliant sunny day. Red rock formations in Sedona, Arizona. Holding my girls for the first time after they were born. How I still react to all of the synchronicities in my life because the universe's magic never gets old. Every time I see the ocean. The first time I saw the Rocky Mountains on the horizon as I drove across Wyoming towards Yellowstone. Witnessing awe and wonder through a child's eyes and every time being amazed that you too feel it teaching a child how to use scissors for the first time and seeing them get it. These are just a few of the many, many moments I received. You get the idea. Awe can come in many different forms, and we're going to look closer at the different categories, or as Dachner Keltner calls them, the eight wonders of life, and also the benefits of awe and how we can create more of it in our lives. Okay, so now we're going to dive into Dacher Keltner from his book, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life. Dacher Keltner, he's a professor of psychology at the University of California, Berkeley. He's researched awe for nearly 20 years. He was even called on as emojis were evolving. (laughs) And he also consulted on Pete Doctor's groundbreaking movie, Inside Out. He is the expert on all things awe. His definition of awe is the feeling of being in the presence of something vast that transcends your current understanding of the world. 
In fact, the overview effect is when you envision yourself or the world from a great distance. And it's one of the most reliable ways to evoke awe. Okay, so what are these eight wonders of life? So he gathered stories of awe from 26 different countries, from communities of every kind of religion, economic development, political structure, and sense of self. They then wrote about what they felt was vast and mysterious, and it took him a couple years to translate these stories and then classify them as a means of answering the question, where do you find awe? So here is how he identified the eight wonders of life. Now, this first one surprised me. This is the biggest one, which is moral beauty. These are moments of other people's kindness, courage, the ability to overcome obstacles when we witness people helping other people. This was the number one source of awe. And it surprised me at first because I would have guessed nature. I would have guessed the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls. I would have guessed that to be the biggest experience of awe. But no, it's moral beauty. It's being witness to others' courage, to others' kindness, which now makes sense to me the more I've learned about awe. I can easily tear up watching a movie that shows someone's kindness and definitely someone's courage. I love the show The Voice because of people's stories and being witness to their courage. I was recently at a high school musical, Shrek, where my middle school niece was asked to play the role of young Fiona. And she had a solo singing part. And so when she started to sing, I was in complete awe. It was incredible. I had goosebumps. I had tears in my eyes. I was so proud of her. I was proud of her for being courageous and brave and her confidence. It was such a beautiful moment to be witness to. And it was truly a moment of awe. The second one is, of course, nature. So this is from a simple walk in the woods to noticing maybe the way the sunlight is shining through the trees to my own moment of being above the clouds in Maui on Haleakala, witnessing the sun rising above the clouds, which was truly a moment I will never forget. I was alone, but also surrounded by other people witnessing the magic of the moment. So it was a part of this collective and the third is music. Music is a long-standing source of awe. We've been making music for 80 to 100,000 years. Our chanting, singing, electric guitars, symphonies, all lullabies, all bring awe. And I would add to this list our beautiful singing bowls. The fourth way is visual design. So this is art. This is awe that comes from great paintings, Berlin street art, photographs, an Ansel Adams portrait, even a child's psychedelic finger painting can bring you awe. And then now we're into some less common, but often more profound ways of awe is number five, collective effervescence. So this is what fans, when they're madly cheering together in a soccer game, a football stadium, a basketball game, and Emel Durkheim is a great sociologist that felt that collective synchronized movement was the core of religion because it activates awe. 
People find awe when they dance, when they cheer for a sports team, when they perform rituals or religious ceremonies, when people move together, feeling exalted, bubbling, being ecstatic. Young people feel this all the time. They dance. They go to political rallies and sporting events. Dacker goes on to say that this is where the science gets really cool, which when you can get people to start moving in unison, there are experiments. You have them walk in unison or move together, do some gesture in unison. You might think, okay, this might be kind of artificial, doesn't have the power of a dance or a political rally. But what is really crazy is their brains start showing similar patterns of activation throughout the 80 billion neurons that are in the brain. And their (laughs) physiologies, their cortisol and their hormones start linking up. The next thing you know, it's like, well, we're all in a shared mental state. There was one study that had people listen to music together and their brains started to synchronize. People in a music venue in a similar pattern of activation, the neurophysiological mental state is similar. They also did a study of really poor kids and veterans rafting and they measured the hormone cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And at the start of the day, their hormone levels were all over the place. They were all different because they're all separate individuals. By the end of the day, after having rafted with these strangers, their hormone levels all became the same. And there's lots of data on this. If you're chanting or you're chanting in a church or at a game, you are greeting people in a ceremony, you're going to sync up physiologically, which enables lots of good things. I've personally experienced this collective effervescence in various sporting events throughout my life. When I was young, I think I was probably in middle school, I went to a Georgetown Hoya game versus Syracuse Orange basketball game in the Carrier Dome with my best friend Paul and his dad. And at the time, we were Big East rivals and the dome was packed with people. The game went back and forth the entire time, causing us to stay standing up, cheering as loud as we could. And when in one of the last seconds of the game, we ended up winning and everyone stormed the court. It was wild and exciting. I'll never forget that game. And Steve Kerr, he is a famous NBA player played with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And now he's a coach for Golden State Warriors. He talked to Dacker Keltner about how the energy of the crowd, that collective effervescence can influence the players in the game itself. And this is awe. The sixth way we experience awe is through spiritual experiences, spirituality, the great insights of Buddha, Arjun, and Hinduism, St. Paul on the road to Damascus, or different traditions that offer the ecstatic awe of mystical experiences, spiritual pilgrimages. I would go on to say from my Facebook poll about awe that what else we would fall in this category are the moments of synchronicity, the feeling of magic, miracles, the flow of the universe. In the seventh way is epiphanies or big ideas. When we learn something unexpected that changes our worldview. And then the eighth is birth and death, life's beginnings and endings. Watching people come into the world and watching people go is a remarkable source of awe. 
I was witness to both my grandfather and grandmother's passing, and it was one of the most awe-inspiring moments of my life. To be witness to someone's last breath is truly such an honor. All right, so what are some benefits of awe? Why do we need to have more awe in our life? So experiencing awe produces a multitude of positive effects. It can make us calmer, kinder, more creative, and even less likely to cheat. It reigns in the ego and it makes us feel more connected to the earth and to other creatures. Your sense of self will be small, which is actually the deactivation of the default mode network, the DMN, which is where the ego resides in the brain. You will feel humble and quiet. And we have this universal sound of awe. This was in all different cultures, all different languages. And when we experience awe, many of us make the sound of whoa. You may tear up. You get tears, this kind of particular kind of tear when we see people forming a community. So if you've ever seen two Olympic athletes from different countries embrace and you tear up, that's awe. You get goosebumps or tingles. People now refer to this as ASMR. Your heart rate may feel warm, which is the activation of the vagus nerve. When you feel compassion, the vagus nerve is activated because it slows your heart rate. It opens you up to other people. It allows you to vocalize. It allows you to look people in the eyes. When we meditate, the vagus nerve is activated. Awe activates the vagus nerve because it orients you to be open to the world and other people. It's hard to find something that is better for your body and mind than experiencing a bit of awe. Studies where people look up into trees or take in vast views or think about somebody who's morally inspiring find that brief experiences of awe calm the stress response. They can make a person feel more connected and less lonely. Awe has been seen to reduce depression, reduce PTSD symptoms in veterans, and it's also good for cardiovascular health and the immune system. It's wild. Awe reduces stress for older people. They feel less physical pain when they report being in experiences of awe. And awe is transformative. It will change your life. The purpose of awe is to reveal the big systems of life, the ecosystems, social systems, cultural meaning systems, moral systems, biological systems, solar systems. Feeling awe reveals the deep structure of the world. And then we start to transform. We transform in our sense of self and understanding of the world. We transform in our sense of mystery about life. For some people, it's music. For other people, it's a conception of the divine. For other people, ecosystems. For me, for example, every winter, when the winter hits its coldest temperatures, it's usually lasts maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Our normal number of a few eagles around every day turns into 20 or so because the river in front of our house rarely freezes. So all the eagles come down here to hunt and fish. And every year I'm in complete awe. Every year when the birds are migrating, we get a couple pairs of swans around and I'm in awe. 
just this weekend, I put out grape jelly for the Orioles because I know they'll be coming back soon. And when I see them, I will be in awe. No matter how many times I experience them, I'm in awe, just like the moon. No matter how many full moons I see, I am still in awe. There are a couple cool studies that Dacker Keltner put in his book. In one experiment conducted by Keltner, visitors took to a scenic overlook at Yosemite National Park were asked to draw artistic doodles and they consistently made themselves smaller in their pictures than their counterparts who were visiting downtown San Francisco did, suggesting a diminished sense of self-importance. In another experiment, study volunteers were told to gaze at an enormous eucalyptus tree And these people asked to be paid less for their participation than those who were told to stare at an academic building and were more willing to help pick up pens dropped by a study organizer in feigned spill. So with this moments of awe, they experienced more kindness. And Jane Goodall noted that great apes, she was studying apes and they would stand in front of these waterfalls and they would get goosebumps on their body. She said that this showed early awe of absorption and goosebumps. And she said this early awe was spirituality. So the body tells us not only are we grounded in physiologically, but we also share this with other mammals. And my favorite quote from Dacker is 20 years into teaching happiness, and I have an answer. Find awe. Keltner finds that prisoners facing unfathomably difficult circumstances do indeed experience awe, whether when reading the Quran or singing in a church band. Awe, he writes, is almost always nearby. So no matter what your circumstance, you can experience awe. And it's a pathway to healing and growing in the face of losses and traumas that are a part of life. If anything, he says, those who have wealth or status may actually find it harder to access. I am going to say that again, because this is so fascinating. Studies have shown that those who are wealthy or have status may find it harder to access than others who are not. Interesting. And in the research on awe, we found that in U.S. and Western European cultures, awe is about nature. In China, it's very social. It's about my teachers and the master mathematician or that violinist. You go to the Middle East, it's about religion. In secular Holland, awe has nothing to do with religion. So where you live and your culture can play a role in what awe you connect with as well. And there's some really fascinating things about awe and psychedelics. Experiences of awe do the same thing in your brain that psychedelics do. There is almost nothing better to do for the state of your mind and body than to go and just get some awe. The default mode network, that DMN, this is the large structure in your cortex, tends to correlate with when it's in activation you're thinking about yourself. It's very self-focused. Oh, I'm thinking about me and my traits and my past memories and my goals. It's the judging part of our brain. And quite strikingly, one of the big findings in the psychedelic literature is that psychedelics lead to the deactivation of this DMN. So does meditation. 
and so does awe. And this is what I absolutely love about the breath work that I teach and practice. It allows that judging part of your brain to go quiet. And if you can't get yourself into doing meditation or breath work, just go find yourself some awe. So what these neurophysiological findings highlight is, yes, psychedelics are one of the pathways, but we just can't lose sight that you can have that experience while you're in the garden. You can have it listening to your favorite piece of music. And Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy talks about one of the social crises of our times. This is a crisis of emotional well-being or meaning, shared meaning. We are, it's individualism, the idea that I'm separate and different from others and I have no connections. This has really, really risen dramatically. And then you add to the structural factors that have given rise to loneliness and wanting more social contact and not being able to find it. And that is, as Vivek has said, a crisis of our times, a health crisis. And awe, where we find it and how it changes our minds, where and when we feel awe in the moment, we suddenly feel like we're a part of an integrated community. We do things that are good for the community. We build things like public art spaces or gardens or game nights that bring us together. It's a compass to use your language, the meaning of, oh, I got to get back with other people. So I think awe is a really direct pathway of addressing these social crises of our time. And then there's the environmental crisis. It's really clear from a lot of different kinds of data, from large-scale naturalistic data, going to public art events, finding awe individually that makes you better behaved in terms of the environment. You may eat less red meat. You may walk more, drive less. And there are 360 million Americans who go to our national parks. This is our biggest experiment in awe. (laughs) This is what we do in the United States. And we get a lot of benefits from it. It gives us a sense of that common purpose. So how do we make this a practice? I want to leave you with some tangible things to do. So go on an awe walk. Go out for a walk and look for things that amaze you big and small Go to awe spots, special places in nature, read spiritual texts, listen to music that speaks to you. If you open your eyes, embrace mystery and move into the questions, be unscheduled, wander and wonder, you will find awe. Decker has done this research called Daily Diary Research in China, Japan, Spain and the United States. And every night for two weeks, he asked, did you feel an experience of awe? On average, people in these countries felt awe two to three times a week. So go and get yourself some awe. I'd like to leave you with a poem. This is called The World Has Need of You by Ellen Bass. I can hardly imagine it as I walk to the lighthouse feeling the ancient prayer of my arms swinging in counterpoint to my feet. Here I am, suspended between the sidewalk and twilight, the sky dimming so fast it seems alive. What if you felt the invisible tug between you and everything? A boy on a bicycle rides by, his white shirt open, flaring behind him like wings. 
It's a hard time to be human. We know too much and too little. Does the breeze need us? The cliffs? The gulls? If you have managed to do one good thing, the ocean doesn't care. But when Newton's apple fell toward the earth, the earth ever so lightly fell toward the apple as well. And I have another poem. This is called The Tree of Awe by Rumi. How does a part of the world leave the world? How can wetness leave water? Don't try to put out a fire by throwing on more fire. Don't wash a wound with blood. No matter how fast you run, your shadow more than keeps up. Sometimes it's in front. Only full overhead sun diminishes your shadow, but that shadow has been serving you. What hurts you blesses you. Darkness is your candle. Your boundaries are your quest. I can explain this, but it would break the glass cover on your heart and there is no fixing that. You must have shadow and light source both. Listen and lay your head under the tree of awe. When from that tree feathers and wings sprout on your soul, be quieter than a dove. Don't open your mouth even for a coo. And now go and be brave enough. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for listening. And if you loved this episode, will you please share it with a friend or two? Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you're sure to never miss a single episode. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.